I'm no expert, but I think the trail goes this way. Hey, it's homework. I don't know the date. It's like almost mid-July. And I'm in southern Montana, heading southbound, getting real close to Wyoming. I left Chief Joseph Pass about four days ago near a town called North Fork where I resupplied. And in my guidebook it said it was 112 miles to my next location. Let's see, what's the name of that one? Oh, Bannock Pass. But upon further inspection, once I got on trail, it's 124 miles. And before I left my hotel room, I was already looking at my food bag like, ah, that looks a little light, but I'll make it work because I keep showing up to town with leftover food. So once I was on trail, I realized I had you know, 10 extra miles than what I was thinking. And as the days started going by, I started looking at my food bag like, oh man, I really don't think that's enough. I don't eat a whole lot of food, but my metabolism is pretty pumped up right now since I think I've hiked over 1,500 miles. And <laughs> I'm rationing, <laughs> like, pretty big time. I... In the morning before I get out of my tent and face the mosquitoes, I kind of pack all of the food I'm allotted for the day into a big Ziploc. And that's what I fish from throughout the day and put it into my little hip belt pockets. And I, you know, I've been having food fantasies since the beginning, but they're getting pretty, pretty intense now. <laughs> food porn, if you will. I just now, before I started recording this was like, eating a In-N-Out burger in my head thinking about the crunchy bun and the melted cheese and you know pickles or like McDonald's chicken McNuggets things that you would never dream about in the real world are so fun to think about right now oh my god you guys I don't know if you noticed but I just paused the recording because there's a car coming up behind me I'm on a forest service road there's a re like some sort of uh, 50k and 100k race going on, and I just hopped on this road to get to a water source. It's a weird little forest service road. And this car just drove up behind me, and he's the race director, and he told me to stop at an aid station to get some food. And then I was like, yeah, that sounds amazing, you know, you just read my mind. And then he pulls forward, you know, and said goodbye. And about 20 feet later, he stops, and I walk up to him, he's like, hey, you want a muffin? <laughs> And right now I have a big sugary Costco muffin in my hand and half of it's in my cheek and I'm just smiling so big. <laughs> Trail magic. It doesn't happen very often on the CDT. Ah, oh, food. Food is crazy. It's just like you can feel it sink into your veins when you're hiking and especially if you're short on it. You know, I wait till I bonk pretty hard, eat a bar, and like five minutes later, I can feel all the sugar.
start to process and hit me. And yeah, I just, food never tastes so good until you're long distance hiking. But uh, man, this muffin is glorious. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting skinny. I didn't get skinny on the PCT, but out here it's just so grueling. Your relationship with food definitely changes. Becomes fuel instead of kind of like a take it or leave it fun little taste thing. So I got to get to this muffin. I can't, I can't talk anymore. <laughs> Welcome back to Sounds of the Trail. This is episode 10 in season 2, and I'm your host, Gizmo. Oh man, nothing worse than a light food bag. One of the hardest parts of thru-hiking, for me, is the hiker hunger. Trying to balance the weight of that overstuffed food bag with the absolutely primal hunger that most of us have never experienced before in our lives. It's an impossible task. The hunger is bottomless, but the food bag is not. Every creature comfort, really, is ruled by the tyranny of the ounces and pounds. You leave a lot behind when you set out on a thru-hike. I mean, forget about easy chairs. How about just having a bed that's wide enough to curl up on? Luxury is simple as a dry pair of socks. So what keeps us out for five, six months at a time? We talked about this a few weeks ago, but we're talking about it again today. What's so great about the outdoors anyway? Over on the Appalachian Trail, our first interview is by Rumble Junk with the hiker Squidward. Hey, this is Rumble Junk. <laughs> I'm uh, hanging out with uh, Squidward. Yeah. Say hi, Squidward. <laughs> Hello, world. <laughs> we are um, we are in the great city of Washington D.C. Taking a little little break. How's the trail been treating you? It's rocky. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to get rockier. Yeah, here in Pennsylvania is a lot tougher. Yeah, it's been good. I'm surprised at how well the body's been holding up so far. But yeah, uh, yeah it's been good. The roller coaster was tough, but uh, pushed on, and I'm finally here for some zeros. <laughs> <laughs> those do make it. Uh, those do make it nice. So let's just talk about being outside in general. Okay. Before you got on this trail, were you a pretty outdoorsy person? Yeah, I'd like, well, coming from the uh, awesome city of Austin, Texas, hey. I'd regularly go out kayaking, you know, go out on the green belt, you know, do the nature walks. When there's so. water. When there's water in there. Yeah, when, <laughs> when, you know, when there's actually water there and it's not like scraping the bottom. Sure. But yeah, no, I'd go out there, Lake Travis, Town Lake, go out there and kayak and then hike. So I'm, I was adapted to it, but it was never mm -hmm. like you're living in the wild, like, yeah. this is your, this is your kitchen, this is your living room, this is your home, this is, like, where you wake up, this sure. is where you live. Did you do a lot of hiking, uh, specifically? Uh, yeah, in preparation, I started revving up, like, doing hiking, hiked the green belt multiple times to get used to the pack weight and things, yeah. breaking the shoes, because everyone's like, you have to break in your shoes before coming out here. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess any, I did it early. Any, like, mountain hiking? I went to, there's a place called Lost Maples oh, yeah. in Texas, I think it's... West Texas. I've never been out there. Uh, I've heard it's beautiful. 
Yeah, it's, it's, I'll tell you this best scent of Texas, possibly of nature. I can say because there's mountain laurels out here too, but Texas mountain laurels, you'd be out there hiking, you go up this killer hill and it's like, oh, you're tired, exhausted. And then you get this wonderful breeze yeah. and right behind every breeze, you'd get like this smell of uh, Texas mountain laurels. Oh, nice. And it was, oh, it's the most amazing thing. You can still smell mountain laurels out here. It's awesome. Uh, um, yeah, I love coming across those um, little wa- wafts, waves. What's the word? What's the word? Wafts? <laughs> we'll go with wafts. Waves. That's <laughs> the smells, the pungent aromas of uh, the air. I don't know. There's a word for that. Honestly, that's probably one of my favorite <laughs> things out here. Is just the you'll smell something. And be like, is that yeah. like perfume or like cologne or <laughs> like laundry detergent? Like... <laughs> Somebody's making something with honey. Yeah, exactly. It's like no, that's just nature. <laughs> <laughs> so you went from. Obviously, living indoors, mm-hmm. um, being indoors most of the time, to being outdoors most of the time. Yes, yes. How has that been on your body, your mind, just your it's ooh, that's your feelings of, of how you feel being outdoors all the time? It's the uh, okay. Well, the the biggest, like most immediate one I can say is if you had asked me before the AT, like are you a morning person? I would have said like, absolutely not. I'm a night owl. Yeah. But now like out here, you just get attuned to like the day and the sun and the cycle. That's probably the biggest difference for me. Yeah. Is like, I'll wake up like completely, well, depending on the mileage of the day, but I'll wake up like around between five and like six thirty or something. And I'm like ready to go. I'm like packing up and out there like hiking. Whereas like, in my normal everyday, like where I'd be working a job, I'd wake up grudgingly at like eight thirty, <laughs> crawl out and be like, Ugh. so that's, that's probably the biggest, you get more attuned. Like you're woken up by the birds. You, uh, sort of wake up to the sun and the heat and the sunlight of the day. So yeah. I yeah, it does. It feels like a much more honest rhythm or routine, I guess, you know, to yeah. have the sun wake you up and and consequently going to bed when the sun goes down. Yeah, the, the second the sun's down, it's like, all right, I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> like, we're done now. Maybe I'll read a chapter and then go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You know, I have a lot of yeah, similar feelings, you know, especially like when you get done with a hike, it might be 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock later, and then you got to, you know, make food and clean and the yeah, you crawl into bed, <laughs> you know, you're sleeping by 8, 30, 9 o'clock. Yeah, your friends back home like want to talk. <laughs> like, dude, it's bedtime. It's yeah, bedtime. I, I put in a lot this. of work today. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Don't you realize it's nine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And then once you get back to like uh, actually taking these zeros and things to power just to stay up, like all right, we're gonna try to make ten thirty. It's like right? <laughs> you've got to really rally yourself to stay up. So, what would you say is uh, what makes it worth it to you? To go through all this, to be outdoors all the time, to get okay. thirsty, to be bit by bugs, to uh, <laughs> sweat profusely, yeah, to eat tuna fish. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Um, what makes it worth it? It's like, for me, it's the, like, all the, the bugs biting, all the, the sweating intensity. It sounds like very much like I'm being, like, accosted by all these things, but, like, really, it's, it's simpler for, like... There's like a simplicity in it that's like uh, all the noise of what I call the noise of like the first world of like the job is just it's it's gone that constant sort of chirping in the back it's it's gone yeah. all I have to do is like I have one job move north and like don't injure yourself you know and yeah. it's um, yeah it's difficult but at the same way it's a lot more simple 
and you can really reflect on things and sort of like, uh, yeah. I don't know, it's time, it's time to think, I guess. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it, you know, yeah, like when you think about it, yeah, you can bring up all these things that might sound to most people like they're negative things, like you know, yeah. dealing with sunburn and bugs and whatnot. No, no water for 10 miles. <laughs> but yeah, you know, yeah. I guess in regular life, you know, you're sure there's a, all those same kind of things, you know, traffic or yeah. dealing with people in, in like a city, long lines here and there and just the frustrations of, yeah, what you call the world first scenarios. world life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What, what is the woods life? Is that the yeah. second, fourth, fifth Second, world? yeah, something, yeah. The natural yeah. world, we'll yeah. say. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's exactly that because it's like, I was talking to uh, someone on the trail earlier, mm -hmm. but it was like, I have the simplest task literally on day to day. It's like move north and then like maybe my task would be get water. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I have to go like point two to the water source. I have to put water in my dirty water bottle, filter it through my Sawyer or whatnot. And then like get, get that, like filter it. And then I can actually drink it. And it's like, where in the first one would be like, turn on the faucet and you get water. Whereas here, it's like I have to filter it, I have to go to the stream, I have to find a water source, I have to walk there, I have to go over rocks, I have to make sure to bring everything I need. Yeah. But it's it's simpler at the same time. Like, there's more steps to it, but at the end of the day, it's like, I'm just going to get water. And there's something about that simplicity. Like, yeah, there's struggle in it, but it's, I don't know, it's 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 awesome. <laughs> like, I love it. <laughs> yeah, definitely, for sure. Would you, would you say that, you know, from everything that you've learned so far through that simplicity, that those skills that that knowledge would translate to when you go back to the normal first world, oh, yeah. regular life like oh uh, absolutely absolutely it gives it gives a perspective for it whereas like um <laughs> i guess i kind of felt really spoiled whereas like uh which i guess maybe it's a different type of exhaustion you'd come back from like work one day yeah. and i'd be like oh such a long day oh I'm not, i don't want to cook anything or i don't want to you know uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go through a drive-through or something. Right. Whereas now it's like, hey, this is actually really easy. Like I don't have to <laughs> like I don't have to hike to a water source. I don't have to make sure since I cook on fires most of the time. I don't have to gather kindling. Yeah. I don't have to make sure I have dry firewood. It's like <laughs> it's it's actually not that difficult to cook a meal on a stove with like, electricity and a like SWAT bugs as you cook. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It gives you perspective, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. You know, for me, like I. Um, one of the things I noticed, I guess early on, was just just how like creating all these you know goals, um, you know, back in my regular life, <laughs> city life, first world life. Yeah. You know, goals have always been important, and you always have them. But like, I never really placed as much emphasis on breaking down all these goals. Yeah. And so like out here, I noticed, you know, that like, yeah, you kind of live by goals, like. Our goal, overall goal is to get to Katahdin, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have these, like, like a 100-mile goal, or you have the goal for the week to get to the next resupply, or the, the goal for the day, you know, to get to this campsite or shelter. Yeah. And then even further down, it's just like, all right, where can I take a break? <laughs> where, can yeah. I, where can I, you know, get to for lunch, you know, that kind of thing. And so just, you know, taking one big goal and breaking it down into smaller and smaller goals, for me, that was pretty um, eye-opening because... Because I never really did that with a lot of things, you know, with yeah. like my job or relationships or anything like that. It might was. Would you say it was like almost kind of a sort of like autopilot when you're going through stuff? It's like for like a job or like relationship. It's like okay, I have to produce this or I have to yeah. reach this milestone, and it's just like okay, I'm just sort of cruising there. 
Yeah, was... basically it was a, it was more of like a don't screw up. Just yeah. <laughs> like, all right, I'm gonna go to work yeah. and I'm gonna do what I know I need to do and just not burn anything down. <laughs> don't start you any know. major fires. And yeah, like with relationships yeah. or friendships, it's, you know, you hang out and you chit chat and you yeah. try not to be an ass. <laughs> you know, you make some jokes and you have a good time. Yeah. But yeah, like what I've learned, you know, is to, is to actually create goals with your friends and with you know you know, a significant other or your family and say, you know what, this week we're going to go out and we're going to do this thing. This yeah. Weekend. And then set a, a, a bigger goal for like the month and like make a big trip, you know, or, or learn a new skill or just whatever, like with, with your friends and like, you know, loved ones and, and just to put that awareness and that emphasis on, on, you know, attaining them. I think it keeps it yeah. interesting, you know, and that's kind of what has kept me going on the trail is just to make those goals and say, all right, you know, cause it's, <laughs> it's overwhelming to like think about getting, you know, 2,200 miles. Yeah, because if you're, if you're, well, here's, here's kind of an interesting, like, I guess, contradiction for it, like, because, mm-hmm. um, there was a guy at Trail Days, actually, Green Man, Green Man and, uh, the dude. <laughs> yeah. But was talking, I was talking to them, and they through hiked a couple of times, and then section hiked as well, but they were saying, like, uh, he said, one advice, he said, try to be where your feet are. Yeah. And then uh, it's it's this constant, like, dilemma or this constant, like, dichotomy out here. Because it's like, yeah, I have to – it's like, okay, I got to put in, like, X amount of miles today. Right. And he's like, at the same time, you can't constantly be – can't be married like, to the goals. Exactly. Yeah, you have to be able to adjust. Exactly. You yeah. have to be like, okay, well, my feet are hurting now or – and even then, you have to be content in the moment and, like, I'm going up this hill, yeah, but, like, look at the scenery that's sure. around me. Look at this. It's, like, s- smell these smells that are around me. Like, look at all this wildlife that's around me. So, it's, like, it's this constant struggle of being, like, yes, I need these goals out in the future, but at the same time, I'm living in the present where I am. That's I don't know. It's it's this yeah, dance sure. that I'm yeah, really that, aware of out here. I totally agree, and I, I, I think that that's, you know, how life – I think that's a good way to approach everything in life in general is, like – have a have a thing that you're passionate about, something that you're crazy about, that you want to do and accomplish. Yeah. But you know, next week happens and like there's another thing that comes along and it's worthwhile or it's interesting. You know, check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, to yeah to be human is to be adjustable. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What was some it other the, deep saying? I don't the know. <laughs> the only the only guaranteed thing in life is change and death or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to be flexible, really. Sure. <laughs> For sure. Um, <laughs> when you get done with this trail, uh, how do you think you'll feel about being outdoors? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like, like stay inside. Like, <laughs> like I'm never going outside again. There's <laughs> insects and heat and sunshine. No, I think uh, going outdoors, it's got it like, I was uh, just thinking like every so often I have to do something like this again Yeah. where it's just these, these visceral, like these raw experiences of just like being with nothing else, just me out in, in the world, I guess, out in nature, out living something like this big, like a big journey like this, or just taking like, you know, weekend trips around. Oh yeah. Weekend trips for sure. Easily. Cause like, uh, out here it's like, I always knew like going on walks, being out in nature, it's sort of, I can clear my head and think, yeah. But now out here, it's like, okay, I need extended periods out in nature to, like, really think and, like, have introspection on life. But, yeah, I think easily, like, every any weekend I can have free to just be like, go hike in the mountains, I'm going to do it. Any uh, time I can go and be like, oh, I'm just going to spend a wake up early one morning and just go kayak and see 
like maybe see a sunrise on the lake or see the day unfold on the lake or something. I'm, yeah. I'm going to do it because it's there's so much richness in that. So you're not, <laughs> so not going to be burned out on the on, on nature. No, I don't oh, no, I don't think so. You're I don't not burned so. out yet, are you? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Even though it is pretty pretty cushy to uh, to have air conditioning and. Uh, oh yeah, it's nice. <laughs> From time yeah, to don't time. get me wrong. Yeah. but I I like that because it gives you appreciation for it, right? It does, <laughs> man. It, you know, this whole trip has given me a lot of appreciation for. Yeah, so many little creature comforts that you don't think about oh, yeah. you know, all the time. You kind of take them for granted. Yeah, like every time I, you know, wash some clothes in a sink. Yeah. <laughs> or like, <laughs> yeah. like you know, drink out of a stream. You're just like, yeah. And, yeah. This is cool. I love it. You know, but man, it's so nice to have ice, you know. Or, yeah. Like, or oh. a stove that tells you how hot your food is. <laughs> yeah. Or just like, I'll never forget that first. I guess it was early in. It was right around the time that hiker hunger was kicking in. Uh, it must have been in, uh, it had to have been in Georgia, like one of some of the later towns in Georgia, but going into town and being like, I go to a restaurant, I have someone come to me, take an order. Yeah. They bring me food. <laughs> it was just like one yeah. of those moments. Like I don't have to rehydrate it. I don't have to heat it up. I don't have to gather wood <laughs> for it. It's like, they just bring me a meal and I just eat and pay for it. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, no, yeah. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. Being, uh, <laughs> being in the woods, you know, it, it definitely brings all of that you when you're doing everything for yourself you know every day every moment of the day and pulling yourself up a mountain yeah tearing your body apart and and having all the time in the world to think about it you know yeah it's true to think about all those things and people back home and and how cool they are all they all are yeah it's almost a real sentence yeah I think that'll about do it for the outdoors. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> unless you have any other comments about the experience so far for you. Let's see. That's other than getting attuned to nature. I guess the uh, one of the oh one of the other big things is getting attuned to like just. I always I sound so hippieish saying it, but it's so true. I was just like everyone who like I met a lot of section hikers or a lot of yo 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 uh, yo yoers or whatnot <laughs> who are like. Go, doing like a section of Virginia or going okay. southbound and then they're going to go back to Katahdin and go southbound or northbound. And they're always like, what do I need to do? How do I start this? And I always sound hippie as saying it, but I'm like, listen to your body. Yeah. And it's something where I might have said that in a first world scenario and be like, yeah, listen to your body, man. And it and like, it would have been just saying words, not really, yeah. but out here, like if your legs are hurting or if like your feet are hurting or like, you're exhausted or you're like, you want water. It's like, you need to listen to your body because that's what's carrying you all the way through these miles. And it's something where in the first world, it's there, but it's, again, there's so much noise that you really are not listening right. to it. Right. That like here, it's like, oh, okay, I I need to eat bananas because I'm getting cramps or something. Or I need to like, sure. I need water. I need to actually stretch because my body's stiff. I need to dip my feet in the river to like uh, yeah. help with the inflammation That's or whatever. Right. Have you so, would you say you've noticed a, a change in how you pay attention to your body? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then like early on, I'd have, um, I well, I started hiking with a buddy. Like, mm -hmm. so we were, and he's ex-Marine. So he's like, his body can kick in and he's like, all right. This is back to training where I'm marching and doing like miles and he could, right. he could kick in and me, I'd be like, I got to keep up. I got to keep up. Like at the time I'd be killing my body doing that. Whereas now I'm just like, you know what? If I'm hurting my body or my feet, I'm not going to be able to do those miles tomorrow or I'm not going to be able to finish in a day. 
So it's, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I have to remove maybe even the ego for mileage or whatever to say, no, my body needs time to repair. My body needs time to do X or Y. To have a beer. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Or two. Or or two, you know, to enjoy enjoy a beverage, get those calories, you know. (laughs) Sudsy calories and some sushi. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, that's that's another big one. Just listen to the body out here. It's it's what carries you through. Nice, nice. Squidward, thanks for talking Absolutely. to me. And uh, <laughs> oh, is your friend? Is he still on the trail that you came with? He's still on the trail. He's nice. um, he's a couple of days behind because I really wanted to get to DC for these zeros. <laughs> oh yeah. So I actually pulled a thirty mile day. That was fun through the roller wow. coaster. Wow. That was my biggest day yet, and uh, I'm surprised my body was just like, "All right, we can do this. We're just gonna take it really slow." <laughs> uh, so nice. literally was hiking up till sunset. Found a uh, campsite right at sunset, but. <laughs> oh, <that's awesome. laughs> So, yeah, he's a couple day, but days behind, but, yeah, I'll be meeting up with him here uh, probably tomorrow, actually. Sweet. So. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, good talking to you. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you up the trail. All right. Sounds All right. good. <laughs> <laughs> When I heard Squidward talking about his regular life and the morning struggle of waking up grudgingly at 8.30, I thought, hey, I resemble that remark. I have never won any points for being a morning person. I am never the first person into the office, and even on my thru-hike of the Pacific Crest Trail, I struggled to get up before 8. And it's not that I dislike mornings. I like mornings a lot. Once I'm awake, (laughs) it's the getting out of the sleeping bag that gets me every time. The thing is, it's not like I can't get up when I need to. Every once in a while for my job, I have to work these horrible shifts known as 21 sevens, where I have 21 days of 12-hour shifts and then seven days off. And for 21 days in a row, I can get up at 4.30 a.m. and get out the door before the sun comes up. And it sort of started to bother me that I could do this thing for other people, but I couldn't do it for myself. And I was still thinking about it earlier this year when I started getting ready to hike the Arizona Trail. And so I decided that one of my goals was to wake up for myself. Uh, And as long as you aren't a strict interpretationist of sunrise, I did in fact get up by sunrise every single day. Up with the sun, down with the sun... And most days I didn't bother to set up my shelter on the Arizona Trail, just slept outside with the wind on my face. I knew what the phase of the moon was and at what time the night got the coldest. I remember one night that I slept under a tree to get some shelter from the brilliance of a full moon. It's like trying to sleep with the lights on. And I woke up in the middle of the night for some reason, just opened my eyes, and there was a coyote maybe 20 feet away looking at me. And then it just turned and disappeared like a ghost. And I didn't feel scared. Just just like a piece of it. Like a piece of everything. And I woke up the next morning at sunrise. And I was exhausted. And the day was difficult. And the wind sucked. And my feet hurt. And there were terrifying cows everywhere. And the water was bad. And I walked through it all. And it all was okay. And I got up and I did it again the next day. Sometimes it's magical. Sometimes it's beautiful. And it's always hard. And that difficulty, the everyday hardness of it, is something that gets talked about in our next interview. That and what true love looks like.
Let's take a listen. Hi, everybody. This is Wanderer on the Appalachian Trail, and today I'm at Canopus Lake at Fonstock State Park in New York. And today I'm here with through hikers. I'll have them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Cold Snap. And I'm Diesel. And are you two married? Yes, we are. And uh, what are your, your ages? I'm 59. I'm 60, and we've been married 37 years. We celebrated oh, wow. our anniversary on a shelter just about a month ago. That's amazing. <laughs> what did you do for your anniversary? Anything special? More boiling water in a bag for dehydrated <laughs> supper. That was it. Oh, that's very special. <laughs> well, when we got to Waynesboro, we rented a car and went to the Devil's Backbone Brewery. For dinner. So for we dinner. did uh, do that. Oh, perfect. Time. Yeah. Great way to spend your anniversary. Yes. <laughs> yeah. On the trail. Yeah. And where are you from? Amesbury, Massachusetts. Okay. And how close are you going to be coming? How close is the Amesbury from the Appalachian Trail? Two hours. Yeah, about two, two hours. hours. Yeah, we live on the coast, and the AT passes through Massachusetts on the western border with kind of New York. So oh, I see. It's pretty far from home. Okay. But. So the two of you must have known about the AT for some time then. It, we did. Yeah. We did. You know, it's something I've been wanting to do since I was a kid. Uh-huh. You know, an aunt brought me up to the top of Mount Washington. We stayed at one of the great huts up there, and I met my first thru-hiker. back. At, this was back in the 70s. Oh, wow. And at yeah. that moment, I fell in love with it, and that's what I wanted to do. Okay. It's a great story. How about you? I'm just keeping her company, because <laughs> this, this is not something I would choose to do. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, this is not easy. Yeah, and you both started in Georgia. We did, yeah. yep. Uh, um, on what date? We started March 2nd okay. in Georgia. So you're three and a half months. Yeah, almost your, four. Almost yeah. four almost months. Almost four months, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, what are your thoughts so far? I mean, is it everything it's been cracked up to be so far? It, it is. It, it's a lot of hard work, but... You know, I don't know, just having the opportunity to be out here, you know, in this country, passing through all these communities, all of these, like, different, you know, parts of the country where you'd never get to go, all mm -hmm, these small mm -hmm. towns that we, the trail passes through, and, and all of the great vistas we've had, this, the national parks we've gone through have been fantastic. It's, yeah, it is. It's, yeah. it's hard, and there are down days, but that's part of it, I think. Yeah. And you said... This is Cole Snap's trip. Yeah. How, what did she have to do to convince you to come with her? <laughs> Nothing. I, I support her 100%. She's, she's my wife. <laughs> oh, wow. That's true it's, love and he, dedication. <laughs> he is, he's such a sport. There aren't too many people that would whew, put themselves through this. And he's lost 68 pounds on this trip. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so, in, in four, well, months. four months. Obviously, yes. I had some weight to lose, but... but yeah, well, you look great. I mean, it's, it's hard work every day. You know, you get up, you hike, and yeah, then you yeah, make camp is. and go to bed. It's Yeah. And so, um, what makes this whole experience worth it for you two? Just being together. Yeah, doing it together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a great adventure. It started out my adventure, but... But I think that, you know, as we got into it, the people that we've met, all of, all of the different, you know, Appalachian Trail hikers. It's such a nationalities. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's such a unique blend of people out here. It's so, so he's hooked on it now. Okay. Yeah, he wouldn't yeah. quit now. 
Not when you're four and a half months into it. Yeah, that's right. So we can taste Katahdin at this point. Yeah. Less than 800 miles to go. Okay. And you mentioned to me before I started talking to you in this interview that this is your second attempt. Mm -hmm. So how did it go the first time? Um, The first time we started, 2010, March 1st, and we got to um, about 600 miles, Harrisburg, Virginia. A lot of snow and the Smokies. It was, Mm -hmm. yeah, really... Cold. It was cold, it was wild weather, but I came down with what they first thought was a stress fracture in my leg. So we went home and, you know, by the time they get MRIs and do all of that and say, oh no, it was just severe tendonitis, rest it for four weeks and then go back. Well, we only had, you know, six months off from work, mm-hmm. so so we couldn't. We wouldn't have okay. time to finish. finish it. Right. And we wanted this to be a through hike, which is why we started over again from the first step. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> total reboot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, first 600 miles all over again. Yeah. yeah. But after that. So we, what was it like the second time around? Was it a, a different experience? Um, I think it was. It was different because we kind of knew what to expect. And that first 600 miles seemed to go a little faster. It went fast mm-hmm. this time. Yeah. 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 Not the last time. It seemed to like, I don't know, take forever the last time, you know, the first time. But this time it went by like. And we knew about the snow and the Smokies. And yeah. yeah, so we were yeah. better We prepared. knew what to expect. Yeah. Okay. Didn't cool. make it any less cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like having to endure extreme cold and like today we have high temperatures, high humidity. What makes it all worth it? I mean, what makes you just keep going? Accomplishment, the, yeah. the satisfaction of accomplishment. Yeah, and, and just, you know... I don't know, just just hiking. I, I love being in the outdoors and mm-hmm. hiking. While we're not getting lofty peaks and views right now, it's 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 a different kind of hiking that we're doing in New York and stuff. You, all of these like little glen areas and craggy spots, and you know the mo- I don't know. It's it's just cool to be out in the woods. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the morning, the early morning, that's all you hear are birds, and it's it's so peaceful, and I don't know, the air smells so fresh. It's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes you can hike all day and not see another person right. on the trail. Yeah. Yeah. Until yeah. you make camp. That's true. Yeah. So it sounds like you or the both of you had a lot of outdoors experience before the trail. Does, is that not true? Really. Or? Um, not really. Not, not, not backpacking. Day no. hikes. Day mm-hmm. hikes. We did all the 4,000 footers. You know, New mm-hmm. Hampshire, Hampshire. And, you know, we hike in Maine and Vermont because, you know, that's our home turf. But yeah. not backpacking. No. This. <laughs> The first yeah. attempt was pretty much... Oh, first time, backpacking. Uh-huh. And then we didn't do it again until this Six time. Six years okay. later. Okay. So what's your perception of the outdoors has been since you started the Appalachian Trail and been on it for months? Has your feelings about the outdoors, has have they changed? Nope. No. no. I don't think so. No. We love it. It's... It's not nearly as scary as you think. Like when mm-hmm. you're at home sitting on your couch, you think about, you know, sleeping outdoors in all kinds of weather and stuff. But Coyotes and It's not that and, scary. Yeah. You know, it's, once you start doing it, you stealth camp. You don't even need to be a, a designate. You stealth camp. It's You become yeah. braver. Yeah. You yeah. definitely become... Or you just don't buy confident. into all the hype about how dangerous it is. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah people, like there's murders that happen on the Shen- right. yeah. in the Shenandoahs. <laughs> people ask you if you're going to take a gun with it's you like, and all that stuff. Like, no, it's too, it's too heavy. heavy. Yeah. I would rather take food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Um, so you say, like, doing the actual through hike is your 
ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what makes that so rewarding if you were to make it to the very top of Katahdin together? Because it's, it's hard. You know, if it weren't hard, everybody would be out there doing it. But it is hard work and dedication and perseverance. Yeah. You just have to get yourself going every single morning to get up and hike again every morning. And, mm-hmm. and every everyone in our family is inspired. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, just following us on the trail. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. send us all kinds of inspirational, like, you know, notes and we have such a cheering, you know, section at home. So you know, yeah. we want to want to finish it for those guys. They they're counting on us to be strong and and do it. Yeah, yeah. Don't want to disappoint your no. your fan base. No, <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I'm really grateful that you took the time. I know that you still have a few more miles to hike before your day is over. Yeah. But um, I'd just like to uh, thank you for being honest and giving a great interview. Uh, this is Wander on the Appalachian Trail signing off, and this is Cold Snap and Diesel. Okay, goodbye, everybody. Thank you. I completely agree with Cold Snap. It's just cool to be out in the woods. And Diesel, to agree to hike the entire Appalachian Trail twice? Just because it's Cold Snap's dream and he wanted to be with her? That's what love looks like. You have to spot that stuff in the wild. That's how you know it's the real deal. But not all of us are hiking with a devoted partner. Some of us hike alone, and we find our friends and family as we go. Sometimes the best part of the great outdoors are the other people we find out there. Our last interview for today is back on the Pacific Crest Trail with a hiker who missed the community so much it enticed him back for a second through. Here is Morning Glory with Blazer. This is Morning Glory on the Pacific Crest Trail, um, and I am at mile 1100, just past absolutely gorgeous and beautiful um, Echo Lake, and I am sitting here with Blazer. Blazer, I'll let you just introduce yourself a little bit. Well, my, na- my trail name is Blazer, uh, my real name is Jeff Smith, and I'm from uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'm 59 years old. I have four kids and five grandkids. I retired in 2013, and that's pretty much it. And what brought you to the Pacific Crest Trail? I did the Appalachian Trail. I through-hiked it in 2013, and last uh, year I did a couple, I did five weeks on the AT last summer, also, and I did two weeks in April, and I was around all of the new through hikers starting out on the AT. I hiked with some same group of people for a week. Uh, it was such an awesome experience, and I wanted to experience the uh, through hiker family culture again. Yeah, awesome. So, so I decided to do the PCT at that time. So two big trails almost down. Um, you're you know halfway to the midpoint of the PCT, almost to the midpoint of the PCT. Do you have plans on triple crowning? No, I will not. Okay. Why do you say that? Uh, <laughs> uh, because I just being away from my grandkids and family for that long of a period of time, I, I don't, I don't think I'm going to ever do that again. Okay. If I do, I might do a, a two, a month long hike or two months, but to be gone for four or five months, I, I don't, I don't think it'll happen again. That might change. 
Yeah. But right now I'm going to say no. How old is your oldest grandchild? 17. Okay. So what about the thoughts in like five to 10 years of through hiking the CDT with one of them? Well, that would be cool. I'm not sure if that, I don't, that would probably be an unusual occurrence for that to happen. But yeah. I mean, anything's possible. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't rule it out, but I, I, at this point I say I will not, but you know, maybe 10 years from now, if I'm still physically able to do it, you know, I'd be pushing the window of doing that. But yeah, so I don't know that I will. I, I don't plan on it. Okay. So how long did it take you to complete your Appalachian through hike? Five months. Five months. And you're anticipating almost about five months for the PCT. Uh, I'm hopefully closer to four and a half. Okay. So almost 10 months of your life, though, and even more since you've, you know, done other sections and other trails. But, you know, 10 months of your life has been outside through hiking alone without your family, like in the wilderness. What keeps you coming back? I, I just, I feel so very connected to everything outside, to trees and to rocks and to the dirt we're sitting on. I just, I feel so at home and I just, I don't know. I feel, I feel a connection to uh, nature and I just love being out here. And you don't feel like you would get the same connection after like just a weekend hike? I, I feel it. I enjoy it. But the longer you're out, and I think I know when I did Appalachian Trail, especially like after being out for like three or four months, it is just incredibly how, how incredible how much you feel at home with everything in nature, sitting down in the dirt anywhere and just feeling so completely at peace with being around the trees and everything. With having a hundred mosquitoes flying around you currently well, right now. Yeah, yeah you learned you learned that you're part I'm one yeah. with nature, so kind of you learn to be a comfortable with it do you ever get to a point where you're just like this is too much like dirt or like i'm too cold or like i'm too dirty or like this is just too much like this is my breaking point i think after you you know after you're out a lot you kind of realize that there's always going to be bad days and good days it's like on the at when i had a bad mosquito experience and then a few hours later i had trail magic and i got food and it was a great experience so yeah there's there, there are going to be harsh days you know, and and I can remember on the AT when I was experiencing a harsh day. I thought this is one of the harsh days. Yeah. And but it's not; they're not all going to be like that. So there'll be there's going to be awesome days and there's going to be harsh days. But yeah. uh, you got to get through the harsh ones to experience the awesome ones. So. So far on the PCT, what would you say has been your hardest like day or experience or moment where you've just almost lost it? I guess the the hardest day was when we had like four or five water crossings that, in the Sierras that were really kind of borderline dangerous. Yeah. Um, those were they mentally and physically they were draining because just trying to get across and really, you know, concentrating and you're firing every muscle as you're trying to get across safely and, and you know you're doing something that's probably it could be really dangerous and yeah. uh, that was probably the hardest, I guess, or the most challenging. What do you feel like kept you going in those moments where you were wet? You had soaking wet shoes, even muddy shoes. I mean, I know half the time, like, it's not even the water in my shoes. It's, like, the mud caked in my shoes. Like, what kept you going in that exact moment? Well, I think it's something that you don't have a choice. you yeah. gotta, you got to keep moving forward. And, <laughs> and you're so, cold. You're yeah, so cold after well, the water crossing. It's not going to help to sit and stay. So you, yeah. have to, you, you have to keep moving. you got to tell yourself... 
I can do this and you just, I can get through this and I, I'm going to, I'm going to make it and I just got to keep moving forward Yeah. and it'll pass. Yeah. There'll be better days ahead. You just got, you got to get through it. You don't, there's no door you step out of that all of a sudden you're back home. Yeah. It's uh you've got to keep moving. I mean, it's like, it's, it, you, there's no other choice. So, yeah. So you mentioned that, you know, you obviously miss home. Would you say that like you've made a family on the trail that keeps you going or like, how do the people on the trail differ from like your real family that you have at home? Well, I, th- I think the people you meet on trail definitely, I mean, for me, it, it means a lot. I think mean, it, it really varies the pe- person. Some people really are not into the, um, you know, meeting, being family. They're, they like doing a solo, uh, solo hike, basically, and really like the solitude of being alone. So um, for me, I kind of, I definitely like feeling connected to other hikers. Um, I think it kind of that, I know I have felt it here, you know, like when you know people ahead of you and you know people that are behind you, you don't feel like you're alone even when you're hiking alone. Yeah. Because you know there's people a a day ahead or three or four days ahead that you consider a friend. And so that kind of, it, there's, it's kind of like a, there's a strong sense of community as you're moving up the trail. Yeah. And so you don't, you feel a connection there and you feel part of that. How would you describe, like, like, how do you describe the PCT community to people back home or to anyone? Well, I think, I think it's kind of a, it's a little bit like being in the military. I think that, you know, you feel um, a connection to the people, even if you didn't, maybe didn't serve with them or didn't know them um, because you went through the same hardships and enjoyed the same things that the other people did you just feel a strong connection or maybe like having maybe coming from the same high school you know you just you feel it, it because of that you just feel an automatic bond and i think it probably even more so like the military because with any through hike you're experiencing a lot of hardships and struggles and you know that everyone else there has endured the same problem mosquitoes or lack yeah. of water or wet feet or big ups that are hard, yet wear you out. You've done the exact same thing, pretty much the exact same thing as other people. So you just feel like you automatically feel a strong connection. So having completed a, a previous through hike, you know what it's like to have made a community, have completed the through hike. Do you feel like you miss the through hiking community when you're then back home? It's almost like you're homesick for the trail. Yes. What's that like? Uh, you definitely, when you get done, when you get finished, you kind of have the blues. You definitely feel, uh, you like you miss it. It's kind of like, uh, I guess it would be like saying if you went to a high school and then all of a sudden it's over and you're gone, you never see those people ever again Yeah. or you move away. Yeah. I mean, it would be like you left that behind. And so there is definitely, of course, with social media and different things, obviously it makes it a lot easier now to stay in touch or to feel connected to people. Yeah. But without that, um, you definitely, you miss it. I mean, there's a little bit of kind of a, you kind of, it kind of hurts a little bit because you're leaving people that you really got to know and maybe love or, you know, you really enjoyed being with. And now all of a sudden they're gone. So do you ever feel, because obviously, you know, you've had the entire community, hiking community and the everyday real community, real life community. (laughs) Um, Do you ever feel like you're living between two worlds? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's probably probably so. I mean, it's yeah. kind of like it's a, 
you know, there's one family kind of community that you live in normally. And then there's kind of that hiker family community that uh, will always be your hiker family. And, you know, I still feel, um, you know, I've met, there's a couple people out here on the PCT that I hiked with briefly on the AT that I've met or been with already so far. And there's certainly a very strong sense of connection and bond that I still feel with them. Yeah. Wow. So do you see anything standing in the way of you completing this through hike? No. 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 You feel good? I feel good. I feel, I, I, I'm feel confident I'll finish. I mean, unless I have some foot knee issue that prevents me from going, but, uh, at this point I don't see that happening. I think I, you know, overall my feet feel way better than they did on the AT. And, okay. and what do you think that's uh, like attributed to better uh, shoes or, uh, no, I think mainly the trail, the okay. trail, uh, the Appalachian trail is extremely rocky and rooty. And so you're walking on rocks and roots sometimes all day and your feet just, you know, you're putting pressure at at different points on your feet where the Pacific Crest Trail, by and large, there's few rocky areas. Most of it is extremely smooth. It's almost like a city park in some ways. So not all of it, but a large majority of it is where the Appalachian Trail, it's kind of the opposite of that. It's every once in a while you get something smooth, but... More times than not, you're walking on roots and rocks at different angles, and so you're just it's just more physical on your feet. Okay. Okay, so two last questions. I'm going to save my favorite one for last, but what has been your favorite part on the PCT so far this year? Uh, definitely the Sierras. Okay. Any specific part of the Sierras? What made the Sierras so great? Well, I, I think um, I've always... they had those river crossings. <laughs> yeah, they did. But I've always liked, uh, even as a kid, for some reason, I, I can remember seeing pictures, and I'm not sure where I saw them, of, of mountains with snow on the top of them. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I, I can always remember thinking, wow, that is so cool. Yeah. And that's what we saw, and that's where I was at. I was in the mountains with snow on them, yeah. going up over passes, and it was phenomenally beautiful yeah it's it was absolutely incredible and beautiful in the snow and the mountains okay so last question if you could have a superpower on the trail what would it be (laughs) i would want to be able to talk to animals oh what would you say to them well i'd just like to hear what they have to say okay i'd like to hear what they have the what the animals are talking about to each other what they're saying would be cool what animal would you most be excited to talk to? Wow, I don't know. I'm hoping not the mosquitoes that we went by earlier on Mosquito no, Pass. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, I haven't seen hardly animals out here. I really wanted, I, I've only seen one rattlesnake, and I really wanted to see more rattlesnakes and videotape them. I'd like to see a bobcat or a mountain lion, and I haven't seen that. Um, <laughs> and you but, haven't seen a bear? No, I haven't seen a bear either. Okay. So, I'm, but I don't know. If I was going to talk to any one animal, I guess I'd be talking to a bear. Okay. I just like to talk to a bear. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to talk to all animals, but yeah. I would say a bear would probably be my, you know, I mean, deer are just so many of them. Bears, talking to a bear would be pretty cool to kind of see what was going on in the bear's mind. Okay. I chose my, my superhero power to be a walking pack. 
so I wouldn't have to carry my pack. Okay. My pack would just walk alongside me. It would also talk and it would be my friend and it would like always be with me through everything hard. And over the river crossings, which you were talking about, uh, my pack would all of a sudden turn into like a flying carpet. So I could just hop on. That would be cool. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, Well, you're about to cowboy camp underneath the trees and the stars. um, And I'm about to go escape the mosquitoes. So I want to say thank you for letting me interview you. You're welcome. Happy trail. Thank you. You know, if I had to pick a hiking superpower, I would have feet impervious to pain. Although then, who knows if I'd ever stop. That's all I have for today. No sponsors, but I hope y'all are getting out in the great outdoors. Happy trails, everybody.